Hey, I'm Molly. Hey, I'm Matt. I used to run an event planning business in Saskatoon, but moved away two years ago. And I miss creating, especially with Matt. I own MJ & Co, an internationally award-winning photography company, and I did not move away, but I miss Molly too. <laughs> we are creating a podcast because we miss creating together. We'll talk about owning a business and giving it up, family life, friends, and everything in between. This is a podcast. Welcome here. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. So we haven't recorded for how many months? Like seven, six? Since January? <clears throat> it was January. Is our last... Do I talk? Can I talk? Yeah, you can totally talk. <laughs> when the beat drops, fade. I can talk. Just slowly fade that music out. Okay. Our last podcast, I think, was about like New Year's resolutions and what 2020 taught us and what, 20, what we were going to do in 2021. And we have not <laughs> recorded since then. <laughs> no. We had season two start. And we did like three episodes. So yeah. I say we just keep going. I think we should not do seasons because we, yeah. <laughs> we have 25, 25 episodes, I believe. It's pretty which good. Which is cool. So this is 26. Yep. So we're recording this. Okay. We should date these. This is the morning of Thursday, July 22nd? 27th. No, 22nd. 20, 22nd. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like kind of over from my computer. We moved our studio. We're in a brand new, Matt's brand new studio space. It has amazing natural light. Um, he made me come here very early before work. Um, so this morning light is very nice. I'm a little croaky. I can tell. I feel the same. I'm always just coughing here. Yeah. Oh, oh. <coughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been crazy six months. I yeah. feel like I don't. Yeah, like we haven't podcasted, which it's not like I've been like that busy. It's just like life's been busy. Yeah, I mean, life's gone on and we kept trying to make dates and then we're just, I don't know, hasn't been top of mind. But we're in person. I'm again in Saskatoon for five weeks and it's exciting. It's great to see you and catch up. We yes. haven't even talked like as much as we would like to in the last six months. So um, give me an update on what, what's been the latest? Yeah, the latest. Well, moved studios. Mm -hmm. uh, our team grew. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't think, you know, like the lockdowns this year were worse than they were actually 2020. I don't know if that was Toronto too, but like Toronto just seems like it's like one continuous lockdown. We just didn't ever open. You didn't have your kids go to school once this year, right? No, we did. We at the beginning of the year and then I think after Christmas, just like for a month, so but they were home the whole like, I feel like the entire year it was, we'll get into that. I mean, we don't have to, but. But we can. No, but we're talking about you. I feel like my mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this year has been a bit different. I've had this funny thing where my memory's gotten really bad. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like we have, so we photograph tons of weddings mm -hmm. and, you know, one of our weddings we were talking about, it has like had five different plans. And usually it's like oh, this one, yeah. you know, like that couple's the Barnet Wins Edge couple. That's the Ramey Modern couple with yeah. the tea ceremony. Yeah. And then now it's like there's new, like one couple had, they were on their fifth date was their actual wedding. Oh. Just things couldn't happen. They still couldn't have the parents come in because they lived out of the country. Wow. 
So yeah, anyway, my brain's fried and I'm like forgetting details. Like who are you? Yeah. No, that, I mean, as an, as an event planner, that's, that would be so hard. I feel for the whole event industry and the planner, wedding planners and the couples. I mean, yeah, I feel like I got out of the business at the exact right time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's been a hard year. I was actually at a, one of my last weddings was with Crystal from RCP mm-hmm. and that was good to see her again. She's, mm-hmm. um, she kills it. Yeah, she's she, amazing. She was great. She was, I think she was really happy because we, we still got to photograph all our weddings. They were just different. Mm-hmm. But the planners and mm. I think she still did some, but it definitely was like a lower capacity. But yeah, um, you know, And sure. then there's like DJs had basically nothing. Yeah. No dancing. But, but yeah. she was like, we, we all cheers at the table at dinner. And it was nice. Because like, we have like four weddings together this summer. And yeah. Or five or something like quite a few yeah and it's like yeah we gotta be back i miss that with you like when we had worked together on a on an event or a wedding and we'd just sit at the you know at our table at the vendor table and we'd eat our dinner and you know just kind of like relax at the end of like a long day long planning process everything's coming together that was always fun like at divya and kent's wedding their new year's eve wedding that was fun that was great yeah should have been Steve and Dean's wedding, but you think you were. I left <laughs> incredibly ill, which we've talked about. But yeah, <laughs> it's been kind of a weird year, but my memory's going crazy. Yeah, going, like it's just like not what it was. And then our team's grown, so like work has been quite different. Where it's mm-hmm. like uh, the best way to to explain it is it's like this gap of like when you do it all yourself, it's all in your head. Yes, and now it's like there's too many even with just one or two team members working with me, I could still keep it all in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, But now it's like, it's too complicated of a Mm -hmm. business to like, I can't even like talk to all the clients anymore. Like I'm having my team reach out to them. Like your job is to finish this project. You're going to reach out to them with any questions, any notes or thoughts we need. Let's do it ahead of time. So when you're working on it, you don't need me. Mm -hmm. And so those have been really good changes, but they've all come from like, oh crap, things are sitting, waiting for me. Yeah. I'm shooting for, you know, this, what was it last week? I worked one day in the studio last week. That was it. Yeah. And I, other than that, I was on the road. I went to Weyburn for a full day shoot. Right. And then I had two weddings back to back. Wow. And then we were on holidays. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, see, I'm, I'm mixing details. That's not even true, but anyway, <laughs> that's kind of what I remember. <laughs> like, but I was in the studio <laughs> one day last week. Um, and so where did you learn to like run your team and your management style and your, how to do all this? Um, uh, I don't know if I have learned yet, but what right. I have learned so far has just been like part of it, it's out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And then part of it is like, um, I have a coach. A business oh yeah. Coach. Are you still? Yeah. So my, I was working with, with that company from Calgary. Yeah. I finished with them in, um, December. Okay. 2020. And then I have this other coach and we talked about it last time. We're mm-hmm. talking about charges and stuff, which I did. Mm-hmm. I listened back at those episodes. I am not a personal coach, so I don't, I, I can't explain it very well. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway. So I like, don't remember anything I say the minute I walk out of the store and people are like, when you said this on episode 12, that was so funny. And I'm like, I actually have no recollection of <laughs> anything I say. I, I listen to everything. It's just that I still forget. Kind of like it goes out of my mind. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I have a coach and we do like personal things and then very practical things like 
why haven't you um, had your team start doing this part of your business? Mm-hmm. And then we, like, this was our last call. And so we dig down. It's like, oh, it's like, I feel like I'd, I'm better at it than them. I feel like every business owner needs a coach, right? Yes, actually. Like, I mean, and I'm sure the, the good ones do, but who are you going to talk about this stuff with? Like, yeah, you're all alone with these people that work with you. And yeah, you just have a very different role. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we were talking about this, like, what's the thing that you don't have them do? Mm-hmm that you should, that would free you up to do more of what would be the most impactful thing for you to do. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of nailed it down and he's like, and then we would nail down why I haven't handed that off to them already. Cause usually there's a hesitation. Like, and when I say usually, I mean, there's always a hesitation. (laughs) And so it's like, what's the hesitation? Um, They're not me. I'm really charismatic and good with my clients. Say charismatic again. (laughs) Charismatic. Charismatic. I think I was going to say charisma. Charismatic. (laughs) So funny. Um, And then it's just like, you know, it's like, and I think this is like true for any business owner. It's like, why do you feel like you have to, even for like a photographer Mm -hmm. typically, why do you have to edit your photos? Oh, because I just need the control. Mm -hmm. It's like false. Mm -hmm. You feel like you do, but you Mm -hmm. don't need it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so it's getting over those hurdles. Yeah. Like, but to do that, you have to identify what they actually are. Yeah. Which is super super hard from like you can look at anyone and see and almost like judge mm-hmm. and pick apart their little thing that's holding them back mm-hmm. but to do it on yourself is like it's hard it's impossible yeah yeah to be self-aware is like well and i think hard. when you you know you're in this position where you're running this team a lot of the time and i think i've said this before is like you don't get to do the things that you maybe love doing about this job because it's you're just focused on different things, running the team, running the business, making sure that you're focusing your time on the things that are most profitable. And so you don't get to do like the editing. Let's say that was your favorite. I know it's not, but (laughs) let's say, let's say it was, you know, you don't get to do that anymore because you just, even if you loved it, you, yeah, you wouldn't, you just cannot physically do it all. And you know, and that, um, that brings a really good point up is like, you don't want to, as an owner, you like the business is to serve you. So you should also do things that you enjoy in it. And if yeah. you, um, no, that's true. And where you do the things that are most like important to you and in line with you, mm-hmm. you will be the most profitable. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sometimes it's easy to actually get in a, a rut of like doing a thing mm-hmm. that you don't like. And then you're busy. You know, and you then you're mad about it and you don't, you're resentful at your business. Yeah. Then you're resentful at your yeah. team. And yeah. then, yeah, very true. Like it's a spiral. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but like to have someone to poke and prod and help you kind of like work through things mm-hmm. uh, is really important. And then just like kind of see like how your team's interacting with you. And like the truth of it is, I was like, your team will never be more loyal to your business than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, which is so funny because this is what, this was on one of my coaching calls, but also on a Gary Vaynerchuk snippet. There, well, there was a guy on one of the episodes and he was like, I don't know who that is. Is that bad? Oh, it's fine. I'm sure most people here do. But okay. It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Sounds like it matters. <laughs> if you don't know who Gary V is, then that's fine. Gary V? You don't know him? No. Okay. Well, that's I'm going to Google him after this, though. It's fine. Anyway, okay. he owns a business in New York City. He's become... Oh, that Gary V. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. No, I'm joking. I still don't know who you're talking about. Oh my gosh. I can't help you then. Okay. Um, if you know, then if you know, you know, you know, <laughs> anyway, he, he does a lot of like public speaking. Okay. Um, influencers like love him. Mm. He, he is like sort of like a maverick. I would say he's probably gone out of touch, but he's got a couple books called like one's called crush it. The other one's called crushing it. And they're just like how he started a YouTube Ooh. channel for his parents wine business mm. and took it from like $2 million revenue to like $40 million revenue and then built his own, um, multi like i think he might be coming close to a billion dollars of net worth wow which is a big jump from you know mom and dad's business yeah running two million dollars but anyway yeah learning learning your team learning how to manage that learning how to have proper professional conversations with them um you know there's a lot of emotion when things are busy and we're super busy and that's like mm -hmm. we have weekly meetings and the first thing we have daily meetings too but our weekly meeting we do the first thing we do is confrontations Ooh. and it's like, where's the thing that's peeving you. Mm -hmm. And so like I can give you a real one. So this keeps like your, Oh, I thought you were going to do one to me right now. No, <laughs> but I just mean like, do it, do one to, for me. Uh, um, Oh, here's a, here's a good one. What? So we make all these teasers for Instagram. Oh, you I just talked to me about this and, too. Uh, and uh, I, it's my one job. We made them all. And it's they're my sitting there. It's literally ready. my one job. They're ready to post. And, and I have not them. done them. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Don't be. Just well, I'm not really sorry. I just I don't, don't really care. That I don't actually care. It works more <laughs> in my team. Sounds because like you do. Well, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but our team is like, if you do that, it's like, it's been really good actually to see like, we keep our accounts pretty short with people where nothing's brooding, brewing and under the yeah. scenes for like, yeah a long, long time, which, which would be very, I don't know. If Dropbox wasn't so freaking frustrating, they would be posted. It's fine. <laughs> We've already solved the problem. We had a confrontation. We already talked. I was like, I'll just get Chris to post them. Yeah. That doesn't make it fair that you, you now produce everything for this podcast. That was literally my one job. Meh. I don't <laughs> mind. You do the behind the scenes when we record once a year. I do. It's a joke. Oh, you, you already Instagrammed today. Because I just today. Instagrammed one story. Yeah. That we're, we're back. Good. That's all I said. Season six. Just oh, kidding. Yeah. I hate seasons. Cool. Um, okay. Instagram. Let's talk about Instagram though. Let's do it. You didn't ask about me, but that's I'm okay. I'm sorry. Um, I just don't care. Just okay. kidding. <laughs> How about Kay. you? Life with you. No, I don't need to. You bought a house. Yeah. I we talked about it last time we recorded, but now you've had... Now I'm in the house. Not winter anymore. Your first Yeah, summer. I think my last um, recording was in the other house. So yeah, we bought a house in Toronto. That is a wild ride. I don't think I've ever been as stressed out as like getting a mortgage the morning that you take possession of your house <sighs> with a massive deposit because that's the only way you can buy a house in Toronto is no conditions. Um, because of demand, like there's just yeah. enough demand. Like, yeah, you'll if just someone will if you it. have conditions on whatever purchasing your house, you will not get chosen <laughs> to buy. Because like bidding night, there's bidding nights, right? Like everybody puts their bid in on Wednesday night, and we there was I think 13 or 12 people that were bidding on our house, and then we're down to four, and then we just kept having to <laughs> improve our offer and improve our offer. <sighs> yeah. So <clears throat> I would, I hated that, but our house is, is great. Um, 
Our community is amazing. My neighbors are phenomenal. We bought into this little pocket of amazing people. <laughs> and it's like, it's truly saved us this pandemic. I, I wouldn't get, have gotten through this. In Toronto, we were in lockdown, like major lockdown for months and months and months and months. And kids at home doing virtual school. And I like I, I, I truly wouldn't have been able to do it without the community we had in our neighborhood. So super grateful for that. So if you're listening and you're from TO, <laughs> cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. So <clears throat> yeah, new house, new neighborhood, new community, virtual school all year. Brent and I were working from home in the same office. Um but it was, I mean, overall, we got through it. <laughs> Crazy to come home to Saskatoon and it's completely open, no masks <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> and I couldn't even like see a friend last week um, in Toronto. So that's a major change. But I think we're in phase three now when I go home. So I think we'll be able to have people over at least. So yeah, no, things are good. Work's good. Um, working at Rock and Bloom and loving it. The team's amazing. Being able to work virtually has been so good this year. And um, I'm home now, so I got to meet a bunch of the team. And it's just a good crew, good work, great bosses, great everything. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. I feel, I feel a like... A big change from this time last year. Do you feel like, you know, we're in a... We just finished, like, something that's sort of like our generation has never seen like people who are alive have never had to really deal with this that I know of. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this, I mean, has, this I f- has happened in other countries. Like mm-hmm. China's had mm-hmm. pandemics in the past decade, but not here. Mm-hmm. Do you, f- do you feel like we'll forget this easily? Like, do you think this will be something that like we remember it impacts, you know, like I, I find, for example, it's crazy that kitchen staff had to wear a hairnet, but not a mask when mm-hmm. making your food mm-hmm. considering and, mm-hmm. and I get it. You can see a hair in your food, but you can't Ugh, see someone's gross. like little yeah. spit bubbles. Ugh, Matt, you're freaking me out right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you make a very good point. And I mean, even coming back here where there's no restrictions, I've definitely forgotten to like, oh, I need a mask to go into a store. Oh, wait, I don't need one. Like, I haven't even done that. Like, I just walked in the other day to the grocery store and it felt so normal. Um, probably should still wear one, but until the kids are vaccinated. I just hope this I just hope we don't go backwards, backwards again. again. I don't Get think Scott vaccinated will. people, please. Come on. So what do you think about vaccines? No, don't. I don't I don't think we should. But just do it. <laughs> well, I think everybody should get vaccinated if that's what your question well, is. Well, you don't have to do it. But just do it. But do it uh, to keep people who can't get vaccinated safe. And our kids. Our kids can't get vaccinated right now. So Was it 99? 99, there was like 10,000 deaths in the U.S. in June. Mm-hmm. And over 99% weren't vaccinated. Yeah. Of those people. Yeah. and then it, People the, are dying of COVID on a ventilator. Well, if, I guess if they're on a ventilator, they're not probably talking. Saying... <laughs> That they don't have COVID and the doctors are like, you have COVID and they still don't think they do. They still don't think it's a thing and they're dying of it. And then they die. And the family's like, what did they die of? And the doctor's like COVID people. Some people just don't believe in it still. 
do you find do you find this like really interesting to see from the outside? Like I've had conversations with people who I think are like pretty reasonable people who won't who, who I should say they're terrified or there's a lot of distrust with you know government, vaccine companies, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that we want to get into this, but we're kind of But is it not there. is it not proving that it's working? Well, yeah, to me the science proves it's working. Mhm. And I feel there's always a little bit of everything that's a bit of truth. Like, you know, it's not like there's no risk to taking vaccines. It's not like there's no risk to getting COVID. It's not like it's not like big, big pharmaceutical companies aren't trying to be profitable. Like, of course, Pfizer is making the most money they've ever probably made. Mm-hmm. But also, does, does that mean it's bad? Like, so I think people kind of mix up like people have this altruistic view that maybe a vaccine company shouldn't make profit in a pandemic and it's like why not well yeah i mean if they're willing to put all their resources and into finding a vaccine the fastest go for it i don't know i'm all for it yeah and like yeah they'll make tons of money yeah but they also solved a problem yeah and they they broke the record though yeah because so we were talking about this before we hit record about predictions and i i believe in one of our first episodes so we started recording this early March, our first episodes before mm-hmm. pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And then it started, we still recorded. Mm-hmm. And then I remember making a prediction that I think this is going to last a couple of years. And they, the idea was like, COVID has to burn through the population mm-hmm. and get everybody sick or you get a vaccine. That's mm-hmm. the only, there's only two options here. Mm-hmm. The third option is you lock down enough so no one gets it, but that's kind of like impossible. Delaying the problem. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. I don't know. Well, anyway, one, my brother-in-law was saying that uh, Pfizer CEO already said this will probably be a yearly vaccine like your flu vaccine. Yeah, it's a booster. Give me all the vaccines. I'll take another five if you if I need to. Can I get one a month? Maybe. <laughs> um, speaking of this, this reminds me of a book. I, I don't read, but I do listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And there was one about um, just world history. And it's really interesting how like all of our diseases like this come from animals. Mm-hmm. So, like everyone knows that the belief is that this came from a bat. Is it the uh, flu comes from birds? Is that correct? I think so. Um, anyway, there's tons of different diseases and they're always when animals are in close proximity to humans. Mm-hmm. So back in London, people would literally have their um, pigs sleep in the house. They have pig doors in the houses if you go there. London, England? Yeah. Recently? No, no. But I mean in in history. In the times. (laughs) Animals were, you know, sanitation wasn't what it was. I mean, germ theory, how old is it? Like 150, like 200 years old? Like germs aren't that new, like as far as humans know. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting, like world history. If you just like learn world history, you'll see why vaccines are good. You'll see how diseases always will happen. History repeats itself. Over and over and over. Yeah, like here, here was the one biggest thing about the book I loved. It's like, why did Europe have cities and advanced culture? And then you look like techno- technology-wise. And then you go to like North America and uh, South America and there's no, like the civilization isn't the same. Like it's not mm-hmm. like, where's their cities? Like, mm-hmm. And you know what it comes down to? What? Domesticated animals. Animals you can domesticate. That really? was it. Really? You can't domesticate bison. Even now in the 
21st century, like they're hard to domesticate. You can have fences and stuff, but they're like, you need big fences. You need big machinery. They're still dangerous. Hmm. You get cows. You don't even need fences. You can have a little rope on the neck, you know? Um, and that's what it came <laughs> down to. And then, so you get animals that you can have domesticated, then you can have farms. And then once you have farms and you can make food easier, you can have cities and then you get cities with people and animals. And that's how you get diseases. And hmm. anyway, that's hmm. how, that's how Matt, you're blowing, blowing our minds right now. I know it's kind of dry, but anyway, I think <laughs> it's I can't a little remember. dry. It's like the age of steel. It's like it talks about just like literally that. But it also when you when you view world history like that, mm-hmm. you see how plagues and everything come. Uh, the, I'll tell you one more thing and then we can move on. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> when you when the Europeans came to North America, <sighs> there was like. Yes, Euro- that was Eon. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please. You're passionate about this. Go. It was like tech hour, tech minute with. With Matt. This is just world history. Okay. When, go, go when the it. Europeans came to North America, mm-hmm. or not Europe, yeah, Europeans, like any, any, yeah, more bad civilization, mm-hmm. they killed seven out of 10 um, natives from whatever continent they're at. Like if it was North America, like Canada or the US or like um, the indigenous people from South America. Oh. Apparently it was like seven out of 10 people died from diseases. Oh. That they were already that immune they over. to. Oh, really? So because and those diseases happened because they had domesticated animals, and so the population just would disease was part of them. They were all immune. They came over. They still had these viruses, and then people would just like the indigenous of wherever they were. Really? That's what like it like wiped them out, and really? that's why actually now we're off the book. But that's why like. Um, isolated tribes in like Africa. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important that people don't go visit them, because oh, you could bring in so, like they're they're so isolated they don't want people to like bring in uh, disease. disease and just wipe them out. Wow. Anyway, so if vaccines work. Wow, Matt. Wow, wow. <laughs> World history. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> Other books I've read: uh, The Body by Bill Bryson. Yeah, you should listen to it. It's really good. You said you're in three book clubs now? Yes. <laughs> I am. I'm enjoying it. What else do I do during a pandemic where I can't leave my house but to go for a walk on for hours and hours <laughs> but listen to books? Do you Are you a reader or a listener? Or I do both? both. Both. So you'll get the audio yeah. and the physical? No, not a, like I'll I'll read a book but won't listen to it and I'll listen to a book and won't read it. I like that. Yeah. I find audiobooks are like hit and miss. Like you need a mm-hmm. good reader. Mm-hmm. A really professional reader is really lame to me. Mm-hmm. But when it's like the author mm-hmm. who reads, like 100%. Bill Bryson. Yeah. Bill Bryson re- reads his own books and yeah. he's soothing like uh who's that guy? His brother was on Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, he does Animal Planet and stuff like or um oh. Planet Earth with the BBC. Oh, Attenborough? Attenborough. Yeah. Yeah, he, his uh so good. This Bill Bryce and his books are like... Like that? Like his voice is soothing like that. Uh, it's a bit of a different voice, but he's like, he's European or love something. Love it. That's like Barack Obama's book. I listened to that one. And Did he narrate his own? Yes. And I just could listen to that sweet man's voice all day. Is because Does he have a second book? That, I was at the airport. It's The first one is the biggest book ever. And he's like a quarter of the way through his story or halfway through his story or something. There's oh. another one coming out. If it's not out, I don't know. Yeah, I was in the airport and it looked oh. like a brand new book came out. Oh, yeah. But I was like, I, fo- I thought he had a book already last yeah. year. But yeah. That's what he did for the last 
Five years? Speaking of books, apparently he made, as a president, you make not even a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I think it's like $200,000 US. Mm -hmm. After your... Um, Maybe we've talked about this, but after you're um, after you're done, you get Secret Service for life. You're never allowed to drive a car in your life again. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, and you have uh, they say pres ex presidents tend to become friends because they're such an isolated small oh. amount of people. Even if you're different parties, like um, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton, and um, who was before Barack? It was Bush, right? Yes. But yet there's like, they kind of become friends and they still get intel updates really? about the country to oh, give really? advice to the current president, oh. um, who Donald Trump did not like this, but which was really, really weird actually. But yeah, he, he thought it was like, he didn't know. So he like, he was like trying to stop Barack Obama from getting like intel, but oh. he like, you know, so much as a as a president, yeah. so which, which is really crazy. Like. You know, you have a lot of secrets yeah. and access to secrets. But yeah, you get secret service. They make a library for you. Everything you worked on while in office, the government owns. So you get a library, you get an office, you get staff, you get like funding to run this all for years. Um, and you get free flights or something or $300,000. How do you know all this? YouTube. <laughs> I think you get a $300,000 US travel budget per year. Sweet. And then your spouse gets 150000 Wow. And um, <laughs> you're just coming out with the facts this morning. It's not know. even eight o'clock. This is what this is what you do. This, I'm just a nerd like this. But Barack Obama. Okay, so Bill Clinton made like two, three million dollars on touring. Do you remember yeah. he, Bill yep. Clinton even came to Saskatoon? I think so. Yep. Barack Obama's first book deal was seventy-seven million dollars or something like what? that. What? Yeah, he's making bank, and he's like, he's a very likable pr president. Yeah, and. Uh, He's a, he's a good story of, like, diversity, of, like, um, sort of, like, a classy person, a very future sort of, I mean, I don't know. I don't have really good words to explain him, mm -hmm. but. You should read his book. It's really good. Well, now that I know he narrates it, I will definitely do that. It's, so. like, 35 hours long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he talks very slowly, so you can speed it up. <laughs> well, th the truth is you can read faster than you can listen to a book. Yes, I, ag I agree. I agree but with that. But you can't read while you drive. You can't. Run. Yes. <laughs> Not that I run. But, <laughs> but if I did. Are you biking lately? I biked once this year. I think I want to buy a road bike. Yeah? Yeah. How's the Peloton going? Amazing. I love it. I do it every day. Except for here. Now I'm doing like their yoga and their, you know, their other classes, which is fun while I'm in Saskatoon. But I love it. But I think I want to join like a road bike group you should there's lots of cool places in toronto to bike like outside of the city a bit that'd be i think you would like that i think that could be fun i'm playing ball hockey when i go back and i'm really nervous because these ball hockey bitches are tough and they just like i mean the ones in saskatoon when i played they just like hack at your ankles and like will so do anything and it's like i'm old i have kids why are we trying to hack at each other Got to get all that pent up. So I'm a little bit nervous, but also excited because I haven't done anything. Like I haven't been on a team or like, you know, for years. You grew up playing ringette. Yeah. Was that pretty fierce? And softball. Um, and softball. Fierce, like aggressive. Yeah. Maybe that's the right word. No, I wouldn't. I mean. Compared to this ball hockey. You're yeah. No. About. Not the same. No. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. How excited are you for that? Ball hockey? Yeah. 
I'm excited to play something outside in this beautiful park um, that we go to every Wednesday night. I'm excited to meet new people. I'm excited to have beers after. I may be the most excited for the beers after. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> you know, as an adult, I've never thought of joining a team. See, I feel like I wrote a blog post about this back in the day, but like a team, to be on a team, like when I played adult in my like adult ring at league before I moved, like where do you ever go with a group of people who you would never usually probably hang out with normally and you go and you play and you laugh your ass off and then they say like, good pass, Molly. Good. Sh- you're so great. Way to go. You're amazing. Like you don't get that. <laughs> Not saying like, I'm going to get Brent, that with hockey. This is for you. No, I just mean like being on a team and just being in that community. There is like, I really miss that. Something that's just for me. My kids aren't involved. You know, I'm just, it's just mine. So you work, you have a job. Yes. You have a team at your job. Yes. What's the difference between work team and like team sports team? As an adult. Hmm. I don't think I've, well, hmm. I don't know. It's just different. It's like extra, like, like a sports team is, I don't know. It's just different. I have to think about that. Like I'm trying to have you sell me on. I guess. Okay. Okay. Like the people you work with, you have to keep. Like you can't fight with them and stuff. Not that you would on your normal team, but I feel like you can be more open and honest in like your true self. Like people on the sports field, they're different people than they are in the office. Like there's two different people. I know I'm a different person <laughs> and I like that. And it's also like this cutout time that you commit to every week. And it's just, sometimes you don't want to go, but you always go and you always feel good. It sounds like fun. It is fun. I wish it wasn't ball hockey because it scares me a little. You think? I, I should join a, like a softball team. That'd be fun. I feel like um, I'm like ready to start doing those things in life. Like my kids are old enough. Yeah. Um, where I need to do something that's not my job because I do have a team here that I like mm-hmm. love and cherish and it's fun. And we, you know, even during the pandemic, it's like there, my bit of normalcy was work. Yeah. Like we'd come in the office and there was a no, like we didn't have to wear masks around each other and we'd right. do team lunch and you know, we're all on the same mission, but mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I would like to do something like that. And I feel like my evenings and weekends are just like such cherished family time. Yeah. And not even for the sake of hanging out, but more so like, it's just like kids are work. So it's like, I need to do my part at home. Yeah. Crystal needs you know, Crystal needs a break. Mm-hmm. Crystal wants time with me and the kids. Mm-hmm. But we're getting to that part where our kids don't need us as much. I know. And I felt like, yeah, there's a turning point. I don't know if I talked about this before, but like, I think I did. That just like, I feel like I have more time for myself in my career and I don't feel that guilty. And I think the biggest thing this last year has taught me is like, is, well, I didn't have any mom guilt because the kids were literally <laughs> with me all, us all the time. 24 seven. So if somebody was upset or somebody was cranky or somebody's mad, I like actually knew what the problem was. Whereas before they'd come home cranky or mad or upset or whatever. And I would just blame myself like, Oh, it's 
because I was working that I don't know what the thing is because they were at, you know, a camp or something and I couldn't be there for that. Like just stupid mom guilt, which makes no sense. But I just didn't have any of that. And they saw us working, which I think was like this interesting part of the pandemic that they probably would never see. Like Jack would come on, mom, are you on a call? Yeah, I'm on a call. Okay, I'll come back later. Like he just, we set boundaries and he respected our work and and Nora too. And um, I just think that that was an interesting part of them seeing us work and that's important. And, you know, instead of like, Oh, mom just works. She's just never here. Yeah. The disconnect of, yeah. Of reality. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I think I would actually like a road to join a road bike group. Well, there's lots here in Saskatoon. I always see them going out Lauren Lauren Avenue. They do like a Dakota dunes and back. Yeah. Like 50 K. That's I need far. to do that. That's really far. I want to do that. I shouldn't say I need, but I want to. Because so. you have a road bike. Yeah. And I like it. Yeah. And I like, it's very social. I'm very social. So that's where like, and doing it together is easier. If you're slower, mm-hmm. but you're with a group, mm-hmm. you don't lead. And it's surprising how much easier it is to bike. Yeah. You go behind the person. Like you don't imagine, you think it's like, okay, yeah. Like it's easier, but I wouldn't notice it. It's like, no, you actually can bike with way faster people yeah and keep up yeah as long as you're not in the front yeah anyway yeah you might like it yeah no i'm excited awesome um did we talk about instagram no should we wrap this one and do next one we could do that okay all right okay you got any other outro thoughts it feels good to be back are we back Are we going to commit to this when I go back to Toronto? Yes. Because your kids are going to be in school. Yeah. Full time. Not that that matters. Hopefully. Yeah. We can can do a distance record. Yeah. Anyway, for now, we got one more to record. Okay. Bye.